If you're a physician who wants more autonomy in how you practice or fulfillment in your life, you're in the right place. This is the Change Physician Podcast, where our guests reveal how you can learn the mindsets, skills, and strategies to create the life you want without selling out your morals or values. But before we begin, I want to remind you of the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you at thechangephysician.com. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of the Change Physician Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Kukar, with my Amazeballs co-host, Dr. Melissa Katie, and our returning guest, the inestimable Dr. Dave Draginas. Hey, Dr. thanks Zimbabwe. for having me back on, guys. Yes, we have. <laughs> if not, it's been a long time since we've had you on, and there's been a lot of changes I know going on with what you are doing. Um, but the real, real reason we wanted you on is because of short-term rentals and short-term rentals over the last couple of years has become somewhat of a hot topic. There's a lot of interest in it, particularly I would say in the physician community, because people see it as opportunity to maybe, I don't know, to do, do something with it. <laughs> we'll talk about the, some things. And as a player in that space, someone who has a lot of experience in this wanted to have you, um, on the show to talk about your background, as well as your experiences with short-term rentals. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to come on and chat with you guys about that. It's something that I'm passionate about. And you're right, Kevin. Uh, it went from something that was little known when I started years ago. And it was, I would say, relatively easy to, to make really good money in the space to the pandemic happening and everybody having a, you know, an oh crap moment. Mm-hmm. Um, There's a lot of change. A lot of people got out of the space. Um, a lot of people subsequent to that really got into the space. Um, and as you know, things kind of went crazy uh, in 2021, a lot, a lot of interest in it. And then now you hear about the Airbnb bust. So <laughs> we can, we can talk about all of that uh, on the show and I'll, you know, I'll tell you my opinions um, on all of it. So let's start at the beginning and just, when did you first become interested in short-term rentals? And then what were your early experiences doing that? Yeah, sure. So um I'll say that I'm the type of person where I don't like to just kind of jump into something and figure it out uh, as I'm going along. I'm more of the type of a person that likes to research something thoroughly, uh, really have a game plan before I jump in, especially for something that, you know, is, you know, a property, right? You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars, potentially that, you know, you're, you're going to move into this type of an investment. So um, prior to jumping into short-term rentals, I probably studied about a year um, trying to find everything I could get my hands on, subscribing to every email list, <laughs> you know, within the short-term rental space, just soaking up every type of, you know, information that I could find on it. And I was just very, very intrigued at the time. This was probably like 2016, 2017, really intrigued with the share economy, um, you know, and how that was pertaining to real estate. Um, so really, really dug in, learned a ton about it. Um, and then, we, um, my wife and I, we, we had a property that we were doing a, a residential assisted living. Um, that is uh, a very, very intensive type of a business, you know, within real estate. And it just wasn't the right time for us. So as we were transitioning out of that, here we had this home that was furnished. Um, I had, you know, researched this for about a year. Um, researched my market and surprise, surprise, uh, you know, it appeared that my market was actually a good market here locally uh, in the suburb of Dallas, Texas. So um, we essentially started with that. We said, okay, let's, let's move this over and, and see what happens. Um, and so that was the initial foray into it. Uh, we did very well. 
um, bought a second property within a year, um, were kind of, you know, hooked, as you can say, uh, you know, from there on. Hmm. So when, okay, when was that, uh, that transition? So you, you started becoming interested in 2016. So when did you transition that house into a short term? Begin, beginning of 2018. 2018. And so by the end of 2018, you had two properties. Mm-hmm. And um, so what were your, after spending a year kind of investigating this stuff, there's a difference between kind of investigation and execution. What, what did you discover that wasn't in your research and, or what was your, you know, how did that prep you to take those first steps? And then what did, what did, what did you find that was not being mentioned? <laughs> so I, I don't think there's any particular pearl, um, but I think just generally, um, you know, and it all depends what type of person you are, right? Like some people are the opposite. Some people want to just jump in and they're just going to figure it out as they go along. Like I said, you kind of have to know what type of person you are. Um, so for me, I probably have a higher risk of having analysis paralysis, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're just going to overanalyze, get cold feet and never do anything. And then that's, that's terrible, right? Because you're never going to be able to take advantage of an opportunity. So I would say that learning as much as I could was great. But then of course, like when you jump in and when you're operating a business, you know, you operate a podcast, um, you're, you know, you can, you can take as many courses as you want and the courses are helpful. Mostly, mostly if it's a good course, but then when you're doing other stuff's going to come up. Right. So you just, you learn as you go and you figure it out. Um, I can't point to any one particular thing um, that I learned, but it's just, you know, I think you understand, like, once you start doing, you're like, oh, okay, I didn't think about this. Oh, okay. Like when I'm actually, you know, operating this business, I have to think about that. Um, so, so, you know, as you can imagine with short-term rentals, you're essentially operating, you know, a hospitality business on top of real estate. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit more intensive, um, but that's where the opportunity comes as well. So I'm curious, um, what what platforms were used to basically let people know these were available? Um, these two, I guess, at that point. Yeah. So so there's a so there's a, there's a couple OTAs um, um, okay. and the OTA. Um, basically, the the name for Airbnb and Verbo. I'm I'm blanking oh. on what the acronym stands for, but but OTA okay. is the acronym and it's the name for Airbnb, VRBO, and more so in Europe than the US Booking.com. Those are the three big. OTAs, the okay. online, online, uh, whatever platform, uh, trading platforms. Um, okay. so we pretty much from the outset were on both Airbnb and VRBO and it's pretty simple to sync those calendars. Um, some people use a property management software. And if you have something like that, it's very easy to, you know, to use that as your hub and then to link to your Airbnb and your Verbo account. But those are the major platforms here in the U.S. Um, people tend to use booking.com more so in Europe. Um, being in a lot of Facebook groups, different groups where you have a lot of short-term rental operators, um, people here in the U.S. have have had issues with, with booking.com, issues with chargebacks, um, you know, booking.com is, is very different than Airbnb as far as like the support. It's kind of like, you know, they don't really give you much. <laughs> so being busy enough with those two platforms, I haven't really had the need to, to go into uh, booking.com. So those are kind of the two OTAs. In the last couple of years, there's been more and more of a trend for people to also have their own book direct platform. 
-hmm. So that has kind of gained a lot of interest and steam um, over the last couple of years. And part of the reason for that is to not always be dependent on Airbnb or Verbo or some other business that could potentially, you know, cut off your access to bookings, you know, at the drop of a hat, whether you did something quote unquote wrong or not. So most people are on Airbnb, Verbo, and plus or minus a direct booking platform like their own website. You, you said you're hooked after the first one. Can you kind of elaborate on, um, I guess, what those things were that had you hooked? <laughs> uh, maybe a little pros and cons? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, it's Airbnb is, you know, or I, sh I say short-term rentals. Um, it's like operating a hospitality business on top of real estate. And I've always had an interest in real estate. Um, and with something like short-term rentals, the, the cash flow that you can get um, is significantly greater than, than a long-term rental. So, you know, anywhere, you know, three, three X, five X, you know, depending on the property of what you would typically get. So with that cash flow, um, you know, you can achieve financial independence a lot quicker. You can buy the next property a lot quicker. Um, there's a lot of implications of that. Um, and for me, I just, I enjoyed um, the aspect of researching a market, finding the right property, um, furnishing that property appropriately, getting nice pictures, marketing. There's a lot of marketing, right? Because you think about Airbnb, it's essentially, you know, a lot of marketing with, between your photos and your descriptions and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I just, I found that I enjoyed all of those different aspects of, of this particular, you know, asset class. Mm. Nice. Hey, I was going to ask you about the cash flow because what's really interesting is is you said there's a, a greater opportunity with cash flowing as compared to say a long term rental, but doesn't you you have to also then look at the flux of what the market does because if you're doing short term rentals there's going to be periods of drought. You're it seems like you're going to be a little bit more vulnerable to maybe economic downturns and things. Can so you can kind of and then the last one is just time. So. Um, what are your experiences when it comes to, you know, I'm thinking from a physician perspective, I'm like, okay, time is going to be a big one because most people don't have an abundance of time. And then the second one is kind of related to time is that, that aggressive marking or stability. So if you, when you're only renting for a weekend or a week in blocks, there's a lot more rentals that you need to do as compared to say commercial real estate, where you you know, renting for five, 10 years or whatever the, the lease is or a long-term rental when you're looking at basically once you got the lease signed for a year, then you're just dealing with one person. So can you kind of comment on the time commitment as well as the the risks versus benefits when it comes to cash flow? Sure. So there's there's so many ways, <laughs> so so many, so many parts of this. Let me let me try to wrap my head around how I want to tackle this first. Um, so so let me say this. Um, as we talked a little bit about the beginnings of it. And you, you know, you alluded to the market now. So the market now, um, you know, end of 2022 going to 2023 is very different than what it was when I started. Um, and what I would say, because everybody, you know, we alluded to the Airbnb bust and whatnot. So what is happening now in a lot of markets, in my opinion, is that the days of just finding an average property, putting in some average furniture in there and thinking that you're going to do really, really well on Airbnb are over. Um, it, that type of a product has been commoditized with all of the increased supply that is on the market. And I think those are the people that are really hurting 
um, and that you're you're seeing in a lot of those stories. I can't remember where it was. It might have been AirDNA, um, which is a data platform for short-term rentals. But the gap between the 50th percentile property and the top 10% of properties has increased and it keeps increasing. So what you're seeing with Airbnb is what you see in a lot of things, Pareto principle, 80-20 rule, the, the, the cream of the crop, the, those top 10% and even within that top 10%, probably the top 2%, 10%. yeah, yeah, the top you know 10 or 20% are, are doing extremely well and those that are in the 50th percentile are, are gonna struggle. So you're, you're seeing that play out in Airbnb right now. And what my focus has been over the last couple of years is unique properties, unique experiences. And so I don't want to compete as a, as a commodity, you know, on price where, you know, all of this supply is driving the price down. Um, I want to deliver something that is unique because then I can have the price point that I can afford making it worth my time and also everything that goes around with my business, you know, we pay our, our cleaners great, you know, like they, they want to, you know, they basically name their price and they're always asking us when's the next clean. <laughs> so, so, so we treat them very well and we like to be in a business where we are able to treat people who work with us very well. Um, so, so that is kind of where we are now. You are asking about time and there's a couple of ways to tackle this. So, the way I tackle this is, you know, I started just kind of getting my feet wet, had a property that was available, and then kind of went from there. Um, as I've grown my portfolio, um, the my properties have gotten nicer and more unique. And so there's a couple of reasons for that. My goal has always been to achieve a certain cash flow um, with the least amount of properties. There's, there's something in the rental game. And if you listen to any sort of real estate podcast, people like to brag about how many doors they have. So somebody will say, Hey, I've got 50 doors, you know, you know, or I've got a hundred doors, I've got a thousand doors in, you know, an apartment. So the, the, the number of, of units that they have, and it's almost like, you know, this brag of how many doors you have, but it really doesn't matter how many doors you have. It matters, you know, you know, what is your, your net gain? What is your net revenue per month or per year on those doors? So I've always been of the opinion is I'm trying to get the best cash flow that I have with the least amount of doors because managing a three bedroom property is just about as hard as managing a six or seven bedroom property. And, you know, one might bring you, you know, X and the other might bring you two or three X. So, so I've kind of, as I've leveled up, um, I've bought bigger and nicer properties because number one, I want to stay unique and I want to stay at the high end of the short-term rental game. And I've tried to achieve greater cash flow with less number of properties because it's easier for me to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, now you, you mentioned physicians in managing. Um, I think it's not, I think it's, it's beneficial if you can be involved in the management of your rental at least your first one, at least, you know, for the first six months or a year, whatever that time frame is. So you understand what goes into it, but you can, after that, automate and delegate. So you can automate, there's, there's the tech stack related to short-term rentals in the last, you know, three to five years has grown and it continues to grow everything from, you know, companies and softwares that allow you to find cleaners and automate the schedule, you know, the scheduling for your cleaning crew 
to dynamic pricing, to messaging apps that will have pre-created messages. There's, there's so many softwares out there in property management systems that allow you to automate a lot of this for you. And as you know, you probably know with, with podcasting and, you know, all the people that you've talked to related to, you know, share economy related to the global economy. Uh, a lot of people, you know, who have online businesses work with virtual assistants. So I know folks in the short-term rental game that have virtual assistants that, Hey, between this hour and this hour, I've got this virtual assistant in the Philippines, for example, who is going to answer all of the messaging questions. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a curve. There's a learning curve. There's a training system and all that kind of stuff. But but people uh, utilize virtual assistants. They utilize um, all of these softwares. And then having a few key people on the ground locally, um, you know, a good set of cleaners, of course, a good handyman, and and then basically go from there. So there are ways to do it, even with a busy physician schedule, um, using automation, delegation, um, virtual assistants where you know you can manage properties and you know you don't even have to be in the area so how many doors do you have (laughs) (laughs) so i don't have that many doors we we have so we have three properties and i'm building uh, a pretty a pretty sweet one um so so that's a whole whole nother beast um which few people have gotten into but actually building a custom short-term rental in a vacation market so um so that's what we're doing now. And it's kind of, you know, I could have bought something at the beginning of the year, but I did, I really didn't like what the market was showing us at the beginning of 2022. And so we bought, land. so it's a little bit slower, but we bought land and we're going to build, uh, we're, we're building a castle. So, <laughs> there. so, so we're building a castle in a, in a vacation market. Um, and I think it's going to be really, really cool. Um, and it'll be it's somewhere that we're going to be able to utilize ourselves like on the weekends so we're going to be able to make memories uh, with our family go there and use it when it's not being rented um one thing that we didn't talk about here is you know using short-term rentals real estate as a vehicle to to teach kids about money so like you know a couple of our properties are here locally Um, when there's a checkout i'll go in and check and just make sure that you know the guests left everything okay didn't leave any open doors um, you know, temp, you know, thermostats on crazy temperatures, stuff like that. And I'll, and I'll take, I'll take my kids with me. I'll take them usually one at a time. And mm-hmm. I tell them what we're doing. I explain what we're doing and they love to jump in and, and help out. And, and, and it's just a vehicle for us to, to talk about, you know, Hey, you know, we're providing a service in the neighborhood. People need to come stay for a couple of days. They, they're visiting family. They have a conference and they really need a nice place that's ready to go. And we provide that and, you know, they pay us for that. And, you know, they, they get to learn, a little bit about business and real estate um, alongside us. That's very exciting. So I'm curious, I'm assuming this is kind of like an LLC entity. Uh, do you, do you, do you leverage debt from a business standpoint or do you use personal? Uh, like how, how is it that you, uh, I guess, position yourself to leverage these? I'm assuming you leverage. Um, yeah. This. So, so most, most real estate, you know, you're going to be able to leverage that. That's, you know, one, 
sort of nice thing, but also, you know, one, one potentially dangerous thing, I guess, about real estate, um, you know, how leveraged are you going to be? I'd say that I'm, you know, somewhere in the middle, like, you know, I typically will, you know, usually put about 20% down for most of these properties, sometimes a little bit more if I can, you know, if it really, sometimes, you know, going from 20 to 30%, you'll get a really favorable interest rate or something like that. Not in today's environment, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the crazy, the crazy run up of the last year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I would say I'd, I'd like to think that I've used leverage pretty uh, judiciously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll typically put 20, 30% down on a property yeah. um, and, you know, and go from there. And of course, we've seen crazy, um, crazy valuations, you know, mm -hmm. in real estate across the board, finally coming down a little bit now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that is a nice thing um, that you can do. But it, I think you always have to be kind of wary and careful of, of having reserves. And that was a lesson that, you know, we, you know, myself and my wife, we learned in COVID, you know, you know, COVID hit March of 2020. And all of a sudden for all these short-term rental operators, their, their revenue dried up overnight. Mm -hmm. um, and depending on where you were in the country, you know, you know, it stayed dry for a while. So it's so important to have reserves, you know, I would say probably at least six months of reserves um, for your property to be able to, to pay, you know, to pay and cover all of, all of your bills, all of your overhead, all that kind of stuff. Um, so. Yeah, definitely important. I was going to say um, generally that's an advantage of being a physician. So as long as you are not personally over leveraged and hopefully none of the listeners here are buying brand new cars and houses they can't afford. But if you're living within your means as a physician, we typically have greater income stability than another profession. So it seems like you're a little bit more resistant when a downturn occurs. It still can hurt, but you're yeah. a little bit better protected than than somebody else in a different industry. Um, yeah, and not that you you would want to, but you could have the potential, right? I think probably a lot of physicians, you know, I, I know with anesthesia, like I get emails like almost on the daily. People people need anesthesiologists. So oh, you can yeah. go pick up an extra shift, uh, go do some locums or something if you really needed to. Um, hopefully, does you know you don't put yourself in that position because hopefully your real estate allows you to get to financial independence and have cash flow coming in and, and you can practice medicine on your terms. But I think we do have the option to kind of turn it on or turn it up a little bit for a short amount of time. If, you know, if you, if you need to do that, if you need to. Yeah. yeah. And then one other part, just to kind of, because Melissa asked this, but we kind of missed it was structure, like, like legal structure of your properties, because as Again, from a physician standpoint, almost all of us are somewhat risk averse or scared of, you know, oh, they're gonna someone's gonna trip and fall in the bathroom of a rental, and then they're gonna they're gonna sue me for everything that I have, blah blah blah. So how how are you? Are you you know? I've heard things like there's that LLC entity kind of as a yeah, and other people say, well, each house should be an individual LLC. So how are you structuring your so, properties? You know, and it's interesting because you know, I, I read a lot of stuff too, and I try to read stuff by attorneys, you know, and some attorneys, you know, will be like, yeah, you can create all these LLCs, but you know, it's not that difficult to pierce the veil, for example. So, so, you know, I think nothing is a hundred percent. I think there's a couple of things to think about. Number one is your structure. Like I, th I think having, you know, each property in an LLC is probably preferable, not an attorney. So I think if you're, you know, in doing this, you probably should speak to an attorney that kind of holistically knows your entire picture and can advise you on, you know, on the best format for that. Um, but the other things that are, I think, at least equally as important is having the right insurance in place. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Airbnb touts their air cover. 
that's not insurance for you as a homeowner. There's short-term rental specific insurance, and I have that on, on all my short-term rentals. And there's, excuse me, a couple, a couple um, companies that provide that specifically. So get a policy that is a short-term rental specific policy. Um, then, you know, if you're a physician, then you really need to be thinking about an umbrella policy, right? Having a really good um, umbrella policy. Um, and then just, I, hopefully it goes without saying, but just, just be a good human and a good host, you know, like take care of your property, you know, if, you know, like the aesthetic stuff, but also the safety stuff too, you know, if, if, the, you know, if there's something that needs to be maintained or, or taken care of, take care of it, you know, communicate well with your guests, show them that you care, show them that you want them to have a really good experience in your home. Um, and I think, you know, if you can show all those things, I, I think, you know, not that nothing can happen to you. It's, it's certainly things can, certainly there's bad people out there who try and take advantage, but um, there's also really good people and, and you, you get to have good experiences and, 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 you know, make a difference in people's lives and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. This is kind of a little tangent. You had mentioned booking.com versus like this Airbnb in different places they can um, sign up. I've, I've heard from some people that prefer Verbo or VRBO, uh, Airbnb, that they've had the, the selection or the type of people staying in their places are higher quality when they're through Airbnb and Verbo versus booking.com or some of those other platforms. Do you find that to be true or is that just kind of probably this one person's experience? So I can't say specifically to booking because I haven't used it. Okay. But the reason I haven't used it is because I've heard, <laughs> I've heard those things. I've heard there's a lot, of, you know, a lot of fake credit cards, and then chargebacks, and then somebody is, has either stayed, and then you're out the money because you know somebody charges back, or people booking and nobody showing up, and then you know people trying to get money back. So I've heard just people having a lot of problems with that particular platform in the U.S. So I've used Airbnb Verbo um, for the short-term rentals here. And I think there's a couple of things, you know, certainly depending on your type of property, you're going to have a certain avatar of guests, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, having a one bedroom in the middle of the city versus having a six bedroom house in the suburbs. And even on that house, depending on the amenities, you know, what the price point is, um, I've actually found that having higher price points, bigger properties kind of selects for higher quality guests. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's not always true, but, you know, just kind of some, some, some general trends that we've seen. Um, and also guess that, you know, so, so somebody can instant book your house and they booked it and they're coming. If you have instant book turned on, which we do, or sometimes people who are interested in your home can message you, they can you know, send you an inquiry and talk about things. And also the guests usually that right off the bat are asking for a discount usually are the most difficult, most pro problematic guests um, who may leave you a bad review. So, um, you know, hosts have kind of certain, certain perspectives, certain things that, you know, we've seen not hundred percent, but, you know, kind of trends. Um, so th those are some of the trends that, you know, I've seen that I know that some other, you know, other hosts have, have, have seen too uh, over the course of the years. I have to make one comment because uh, my husband and I do utilize Airbnb a lot. And um, I don't even look at anyone, even if they're brand new and they haven't achieved it yet. I only pick super hosts 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's just the level of uh, reviews, um, you know, that we just we want to have some reliability that this yep. is going to be a decent experience. And um, I'll have to say the uniqueness of the experience. I, I can say that there is definitely a huge draw, even personally. Um, there was uh, in California, there was a Prince theme. Mm-hmm. So the entire place was decked out with all these purple lights and all these cool designs. It was just all uh-huh. prints. And then we stayed in Tasmania at an Airbnb that was basically a music lover. The entire house, not only did it have education that was like um, uh, on these little little sheets that, mm-hmm. you know, I forgot what you call it when that way they don't get wet. Um, but anyway, they had them like right Lamin. there by the... Yes, laminated. Thank you. And you could sit there on the toilet and look at and read about all these things. I mean, this this person put like so mm-hmm. much attention, but it was it, it was amazing. So that makes you want to go back and then you mm-hmm. tell everyone about it. And then there's great Absolutely. reviews. So when it comes to what you're trying to do there, the castle, let me know when it's done, because I know my husband <laughs> wants to be in a castle. I, I will. I'll let y'all know. I'll probably put it in the in the doctor Facebook groups and offer a discount to physicians. <laughs> well, there um, you go. <laughs> because uh, because yeah, but um, yeah, that's exactly right. See, and and even you remembering and talking about that, you know, your whole demeanor changed. You're very, you know, you're remembering that experience. You, oh, know, yeah. you have a big smile, uh, and that's that is where you know. Airbnb or short-term rentals are these days. And that is the sort of the top of the game. And mm-hmm. that's when you can, you, you know, you can get a higher return, right? You can, you can charge more per night because you're delivering a high quality experience. And even, you know, I look for those things too. And even, even though I'm a host, I'm also a user of the, you know, of, of these properties and I will pay extra too, if, you know, to, to experience what you just described. Like maybe, maybe I'm not really into prints, um, but you know, that other one, the music one sounds, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but again, like that's, that's, what's great about sort of, you know, short-term rentals is that somebody can come in and have a vision for something and create this unique experience mm-hmm. and then find sort of their avatar of people who are interested in it and who are going to enjoy it. And, and I bet you that that person probably has really high quality guests because the people who are going to book it are really going to be into it and they're going to want to take care of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's kind of win-win all around. Oh yeah. And some famous people I think are starting to um, hear about this place too. So yeah, I mean, you're building equity, you're building a revenue stream, you're building like a reputation. It feels like you're creating value to so many people. I mean, I think it's a win-win in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting you said that about Superhost because because we look at that too because I might see a really nice property mm-hmm. um, and if it doesn't, you know, I'll, I'll look for the reviews. Um, and then if if it doesn't have a lot of reviews, I'm a little bit kind of shaky because like you, I don't want the, you know, I want the reliability if I'm going to book something that it's going to be there. But if somebody's a Superhost um, and, and then I can see, um, you know, that they, they have other links because you can click, click on their profile and see if they have other properties. So then mm-hmm. if, you know, even if this property, let's say is one of is a newer property that they're, they're launching. If I see that they're a super host and they have other properties that have really good reviews, then that gives me a lot more confidence, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in, in booking a newer property that may not have that many reviews yet, because, you know, I'm banking on the reliability of the host as well and their ability to deliver. Sure. Absolutely. Kevin, sorry. I just like kind of took over there. 
no no it's like there's it was just like we're gonna have to have you back on another one dave because there's like so many other questions and, and things well you, you can see why i'm excited to talk about this though there's there's so many different areas that you can get we haven't even talked about the different niches we say we say airbnb or verbo or short-term rentals but there are so many niches within short-term rentals or midterm rentals um so there, there, what's a, a midterm is that like a month or yeah typically a month or longer. And so we've actually taken some of our higher end properties and done really well with midterm rentals mm -hmm. and helping. And it's really nice because, you know, somebody in the local market has had damage to their home and now they need to be out of their property for like, you know, a month to three months so that somebody can fix it. But, you know, you don't want to be stuck with your kids and your dog in a hotel for three months. Right. So they'll book my property and has, that has everything ready to go. Um, so they, uh, that's a midterm rental. Um, so we've done actually that with our higher end properties and it's a little bit easier on the management side for us and still very lucrative. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's so, so many niches, so many niches. And if you're not in the game then, then you know, you, you don't know about this stuff. Um, it's only, it's only by participating that you can kind of, kind of figure it out and see what you like and see, you know, what area you want to focus on. I'm getting blasted by the sun now. It's like killing me. It's like, <laughs> I live in Oregon. We're not supposed to have this sun right now, but uh <laughs> Yeah, no, that, um, that's, yeah, we definitely have to cover you back because I don't, I don't know how long we've been talking. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to hit one last thing, at least. Um, how much does locale play into your equation here? Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, is your properties are within your, like, how far are they away from you? And how does that how does that change? Say if, if somebody is looking at a property that's outside of an easy, you know, an easy management point. Like, sure. how far away are your properties from you? So my so so the ones that I have currently are are close. They're in my city, um, and that's that's how we started. So so there's a couple of things to that, right? So the market that I started out in is a suburban market. So doing short-term rentals in a vacation market versus doing short-term rentals in a suburban market is completely different beast, right? So me being a suburban market, I have regulatory risk that's a lot higher. So what do I mean by that? Well, city can wake up tomorrow and decide they're going to ban short-term rentals. Now that depends a little bit on your city, depends a little bit on your state, depends a little bit on how, you know, the local politics of the area views landlord, you know, property rights versus, other things, um, but it's still very, very possible. So I had higher regulatory risk doing what I'm doing. So how did I guard against that? Well, when I was buying a property, I had to make sure that if, you know, short-term rentals were turned off, can I still at least break even or make a little bit of a profit as a long-term rental? That's kind of, you know, you've got to have multiple exit plans in that situation. So those are some things to think about. Now I'm going to a vacation market Next, that is within a couple of hours here of Dallas. A lot of people in Dallas like to like to go to this market to, to get away for the weekend. Um, I don't have that regulatory risk because this entire area is dependent on tourism and the money of tourism to thrive and survive. But this is a lot more competitive market, right? There's already a couple thousand cabins in this market. So so what is my risk there? Well, my risk there is that I'm sort of average and um, I don't want to be average. So, so there, that's why we're going with number, you know, the unique property, the unique theme, um, because we want to do well, um, and we want to be successful. So I started off locally. I think it's easier to start off locally. 
Um, but like I was alluding to earlier, there are many people who have properties all over the country um, and they manage them remotely. Heck, some people even manage, um, you know, they, you know, some people are like, hey, I like to live in Colombia because Colombia is really cool. It's got this cool like expat scene. And then they've got a bunch of short term rentals that they manage in the US and there's people like that. Um, so there's ways to do it. And the way you do it is you have to have some good boots on the ground. So an excellent cleaning crew and an excellent handyman. And then probably beyond that, you're just going to have a Rolodex of vendors. So like you're going to have an electrician, you're going to have an HVAC person, you're going to have all, all the things that you would need in a home. Um, you're going to have at least probably two people that you can call because what does a property management company do when something breaks down, right? They're going to call somebody, they're going to call somebody. So um, you have that. And then with all the different softwares that are out there, the automated messaging systems, the ability for your cleaner to take a little video or take some pictures after they clean and send them to you. There's so many systems and processes that you can put in place, adding virtual assistants if you're scaling that you, you can manage remotely. Is it some work to set up your system? Yeah, it's some work, but hey, you know, we're, this is a physician audience. Um, any, I think anybody who's listening here can do this. It's just a matter of, you know, getting a little bit of training to know what to do, know what to look out for, and then getting the systems and the processes in place. Yeah. Yeah. There's always that startup ramp up on any yeah. venture. <laughs> well, uh, Kevin, do you want me to take us out or you yeah, have take a, us out? Cause I'm getting blinded you're here. Getting blinded by the sun. <laughs> Blind, uh, there's some song about that. Let, let me just say real quick. Um, yeah. if I've enjoyed this tremendously. Uh, if if yeah. you guys feel that you guys want to chat some more, I'd be happy to come, come back on sometime. Um, if somebody wants to reach out to me, I'm, I've still got my podcast email so they can, they can go to doctorsunbound at gmail.com. They can reach out to me there. Um, there's, I've got a friend that's kind of tugging at, tucking at my shirt to start a, a short-term rental type podcast or site. So that may be coming. So if you, if you have any questions about this, you can reach out to me on, on, you know, on that email. And if, uh, if you want, you can go to doctors unbound. The podcast is still, still up. I haven't produced an episode in about a year, but if I do launch something, I'll probably announce it there. So if you want to go to the podcast and just like click subscribe, whenever there's like a new episode, you know, you'll get a little notification and you'll be able to, to hear what I'm up to. Awesome. And we'll be more than happy to bring you on to give an update to all of our listeners too. So um, make sure to follow, follow him at Doctors Unbound. And thank you again, Dave, for, for joining us today. And uh, we look forward to probably many episodes uh, over the years <laughs> We're trying to keep this train going at the change physician uh, but thanks for joining us today everybody and if you don't know what the change physician is all about you can go to thechangephysician.com and join if you're a physician or a physician ally and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode take care Stay well, Thank folks. you for joining us today on the Change Physician Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please let us know by going to thechangephysician.com. And while you're there, be sure to check out the free book giveaways, guides, and other physician resources available to you simply by joining the community at thechangephysician.com.